This is Jasmine with Listen to Your Single Friend. We're going to be talking about the good, the bad, and the lonely. Welcome back to the show. This episode, we have a guest host, Dr. Erica Dawkins. Hey, Dr. Erica. Hey, Jasmine. So today's episode, I'm so excited about because it's about body positivity, body image, self-love, self-image. And I just feel like as we're dating, this is something so important to tackle. And so I felt like, you know, with the season almost ending, I really wanted this episode and this topic to be a part of season one. So I'm super excited. Before we get that topic going, let's keep the conversation going on Instagram and Facebook. That's listen to your single friend. Twitter is your single F-R-N-D. Make sure to tune into our accounts on Fridays for Screenshot Friday because it is lit and y'all be acting a fool every week. (laughs) Um, Listen to Your Single Friend is also a book. So make sure you sign up for the book mailing list to get information on release dates, pre-orders, etc. Go to our website, listentoyoursinglefriend.com. I'm also uploading these episodes to YouTube. So run my subscriptions up. They have been going up slowly but surely. But even if you don't listen to the show on YouTube, go ahead and subscribe over there. Now it's time for our trivia throwback. So Dr. Erica, I'm going to throw out this trivia. You go ahead and answer to what you think the answer is. And then I'll tell you what the result is. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So last week's trivia was 27% of people admit to Googling their date beforehand. True or false? That seems hella low. So I'm going to say false. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) so you are right that it's false but what do you think the number is what do you think the percentage is I'd probably say something like maybe 64 percent okay okay it's definitely up there it's not as high as 64 percent the statistics said 48 which is damn near half the people (laughs) which to me I think that's about right but I was surprised it wasn't higher because Mm -hmm. it's like I know I do this pretty much before every date so especially as a woman you gotta be safe you know exactly exactly with Facebook Instagram there's too many resources out there not to find them (laughs) yes yes I love when I'm talking to a guy and his name is something that's not like ordinary like John or Joe something basic you know like he got a fancy name and I was just like oh I'm gonna find his right All right, guys, as you know, when we have a guest, we want to get to know them a little bit. So we are going to play the hot seat game. What that means is I'm going to start a timer for 60 seconds. We're going to get to know Dr. Erica just a little bit with some fun questions. Dr. Erica, are you ready? I'm ready. All right. What is your zodiac sign? Leo. What's your love language? Uh, Quality time and words of affirmation. Okay. If you want a million dollars tomorrow, what's your first purchase? Uh, ticket to Fiji. Okay. Do you believe sex on the first date can lead to marriage? Yes. Okay. Do you think sex workers deserve legal rights? Yes. Okay. Um, let's see. Derek Jackson or Kevin Samuels? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is there another option? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, Kevin Samuels. Okay. <laughs> what are you doing as soon as quarantine is over? 
going to get my hair done again. Okay. What's your dream job? Uh, interior designer. Okay. All righty. What 2020 death still has you in your feelings? <sighs> That's a hard one. Probably <laughs> George Floyd. Okay. There. Oh, that was a good one. All right. Well, that was fun. Um, it's nice to get to know a little bit about you. Interior design. That's interesting. <laughs> I was actually my minor in college. Oh, wow. Okay. So you can come over here and like fix my life because. Yeah. A little something. Yeah. <laughs> now, um, now that we've kind of had a little fun time to get to know you, can you just briefly tell us who you are, where you're from, what you do? Tell us your relationship status and anything you want to tell us about that. Sure. So Dr. Erica, I'm a licensed clinical psychologist in the Pennsylvania area. Uh, I also serve as a school psychologist at a local uh, charter school and a clinical director for a not-for-profit in the area. I'm originally from Louisiana, so that okay. plays a lot into my dating kind of expectations. Uh, and let's see, what was the last thing? Um, what's your relationship status? That's right. Single. <laughs> single okay how long have you been single have you been married before what's just we like to get in your business that's fine <laughs> um I've been single probably about a year uh, okay. official severing probably since February of 2021 um, okay not together since then and never been married never been asked but you know it's a new year it's 2021 we'll see hey I love that you already came in with the positive energy we ain't even got the quote of the day yet and you're already just like the sky's the limit that is the energy I like <laughs> we're getting right into the good stuff well let's just go right into quoting the day at this point we like to always start off with positive vibes dating can be hard single life can be hard life can be hard as you know dr erica yeah. you are a psychologist <laughs> so um i like to always start off with good vibes and i actually think i did this quote already but i'm gonna do it again because i really really liked it and it just like spoke to me this week um and i'm gonna tell you guys why so this week the quote of the day is stop waiting for friday for summer for someone to fall in love with you for life Happiness is achieved when you stop waiting for it and make the most of the moment you are in now. Mm, that just hit, I, I don't know about you, Dr. Erica, but that just hit for me this week. <laughs> that's good. I love so that. I had to run it back. I know that I did it. I think I did it earlier in the season, but that, that quote was just so powerful to me. And I feel like with the summer, this is why I picked this specifically, with the summer being around the corner, everybody's like, when the summer comes, I'm going to do this. Or when this happens, I'm going to do this. And I'm just like, no, do it now. Mm -hmm. Stop waiting for shit to happen and just go for it. You know what I mean? Right. Like we talk too much about what's going to happen when X, Y, and Z happens. What's stopping you now? So mm -hmm. that's our quote of the day is stop waiting. Make the most of the moment you are in now. Be in the present. That's right. You never know when you'll get another one. So, yep. There. All right. Now it is time for goals and goofies. This is our pop culture segment. Um, basically talking about anything that I saw on social media, on the internet, um, anything that went viral uh, related to dating and relationships. Okay. Goals this week is something that I found on Instagram and I'm going to read this to you guys. <laughs> So this girl was on Bumble and she's talking to this guy. So we don't know what the conversation was leading up to this interaction, but I'm going to read you the interaction. She says, 
those weren't answers to my question. So I'm going to assume that she had asked him some questions and he didn't answer them. So he responds, Robert responds and says, I did storm the Capitol. I made it all the way to Statutory Hall. Um, he said, I did an interview with Robert O'Mara of the Washington Post. Also did an online interview with Jess Brevins of the Wall Street Journal. So she responds, we are not a match. And he says, I suppose not. The reason that this was posted was because the headline is a New York man was taken into custody Thursday after a match on the dating app Bumble turned him into the FBI. <laughs> As she should. <laughs> Robert Chapman reportedly bragged about storming the Capitol on January 6th. As she should. Girl. That is goals for real. Girl, I was like, wow this girl is an icon yes like she should be celebrated what like i really obviously we probably can't know her name for legal reasons but damn like i just want to send her flowers okay. like wow she, right she deserves the medal she did her civic duty especially considering how many folks have not been prosecuted exactly. we're gonna take them out one by one on bumble facebook date exactly <laughs> and as much as i be on these ads i just be like all right boy get off my phone but the fact that she took it a step further she said not today that's right <laughs> i'm just so here for it so shout out to you anonymous sis for just doing the work of the lord that's like right. you just like you said she did her civic duty that's right <laughs> so Love that it. is your goals of the week now it is time for Goofies. <laughs> so there was this epic Twitter thread. Are you on Twitter, Dr. Erica? <laughs> Not actively, but I, I, I uh, snoop a bit, yeah. Twitter is um, a handful, <laughs> but there is always some, some gold in there somewhere. So yesterday or a couple of days ago, um, by the time this airs, uh, Ryan Gosling was trending on Twitter. <laughs> okay. And the way it came about was very random. Long story short, this girl made a post, um, and I'll have to go all the way back and see exactly what her post, the original post was, let me see. So the original post was, Bitches be gold diggers. Don't want them to take my last name. Oh, it's okay. So this was the original post. Bitches be gold diggers. Don't want to take my last name, but what want my assets. So a woman posted this and she said, these are the assets that these men who say this be having. And just post like very old cars, gold chains, raggedy shoes, basically saying these types of men are always talking crap about like, you know, women are gold diggers, but they don't right. have any gold. Right, right. <laughs> so it starts this whole ordeal. And so this man starts going back and forth with this girl and basically saying, you know, that's not true. Women, just all this like nonsense, really misogynistic stuff. So at one point, they start making personal attacks because that's what people do. And right. so he tries to clown her and she said, honey, I am an architect. Stop talking to me because like whatever he was doing was like selling shirts out of a trunk or something like that and having his kid do it. And so people are like, this is child labor, like all kinds of stuff. And you want right. to sit up here and talk about women, but that's the thing. Why are you even offended by this? Because what she said was right. Y'all don't even have no gold to dig. So... 
that happened so she said I'm an architect stop talking to me basically like stop trying to get on my case about what I'm doing and what my parents did or did not teach me Mm -hmm. so then he quotes it with a degree can't replace a husband don't find this out the hard way beloved so this is my issue (laughs) you want to take you go ahead and take this because I've got issues with this I mean I think First, there are so many things. Like, first, you prove me right. See exhibit A as you sell <laughs> Thank you. t-shirts out of your trunk and have your child sell t-shirts, right? So exhibit A. And then nobody's expecting a degree to replace a husband, right? right. Um, but a degree and some, I don't know, or even some experience doing something, making something of yourself would help get a mate or a, you know, husband, but I guess you might not have experience with that. You might not know that, right? I don't know. That's, he's, he reached and, you know, she pushed him right back, so. Oh yeah, so it, the the threat goes on and this other guy jumps in and says just something really rude about women, like bitches got fancy jobs and this wonder why they ain't got no man. And so it just turns into a big thing. So then this other guy says something rude and then starts talking about this girl and says, this is why you can't get a man and or, or whatever the case may be. It just kept turning into, every time a woman tried to address these men on their nonsense, the shutdown was well this is why you're single or you know a man can't keep you warm at night and it's just like you're literally trying to attack her we're not even talking about relationships at this point you know what I mean you're saying your father didn't teach you a b and c and she said uh yes he did I'm an architect and you're like well well, a degree can't keep you warm like my this is the reason why this is goofy is because some men always feel like they can use single as an insult specifically Mm -hmm. for women that a lot of times and these men were asked specifically so you're talking about a husband but are you a husband (laughs) like Mm -hmm. what Mm -hmm. a lot of times and just in my personal experience when men have tried to like shut me down in conversations they're usually single themselves and so it's like a lot of times this is just projection right you feel a way about your single dumb and you feel like well being single is so bad so ha 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 that's why you're single but it's like first of all you're single too so what what are you saying right now right but the reason why it's so malicious is because men know that being single is looked upon way worse for women and that is why I have this platform because one thing I'm trying to do is change the narrative and just you know what I mean like we just not about to keep using single as an insult and that's all if if people walk away from this show with anything we're not using a single as an insult anymore like that's just not a thing that we're going to do you know what I mean like we're not going to qualify people for conversations based on their relationship status because as I've said a hundred times I know married people who I never take advice from (laughs) there's some single people who got sense some single people who don't some married people got sense some married people don't but there's no like direct correlation with a relationship status it's about that person and the quality of their lives and their experiences you know exactly right and what they desire to get out of life. 
Exactly, exactly. And there are bitter single people. I'm not saying that they don't exist, you know, but there are also some bitter married people. There are some lonely people who are married. Yes. So I'm just like, the things that people be saying just don't be it. But I just thought that this Twitter thread, I mean, it's a really juicy thread because man, they were dragging these men. So long story short, the Ryan Gosling thing, the clothes they got for anybody who didn't read the full thing. Um, one of the men starts to come for the for one of the black girls and was like, me and my girl it would kill you any day we look so good and post his white woman and so this turns into a whole interracial thing and he's just like look at me and my girl we better than you on any day and i i'm not gonna make comments about what his girlfriend's attractiveness is right um it really wasn't fair that she got pulled into this stupidity but her man just he could not have a conversation without trying to degrade people specifically black women you know what i mean and mm-hmm. so the ryan gosling thing was trending because people related her looks to ryan gosling which oh. was fucked up yeah. um and i felt really bad <laughs> until people took screenshots of her instagram page where she was calling people niggas and using oh. the n-word regularly wow, wow. so i was like ah! you know what and considering the fact that this episode is about you know body image and self-image and self-love like I thought it was so messed up that she caught strays because her man wanted to be an idiot but on the flip side she's a racist so I was gonna say they were meant for her they they are a match made in heaven (laughs) they were meant (laughs) so yes though those strays mm, sorry sis we're not sorry (laughs) not sorry Um, but yeah but that was my biggest thing with this goofy thing is men who sit up here and try to like not even men some women specifically married women do this too like try to disqualify people from conversations because they're not married and it's just like this is just not (laughs) i say this all the time don't threaten me with a good time okay Okay. like they always damning us to singleness and i'm just like okay (laughs) that's not my ministry that's my not my experience Um, like (laughs) don't bring it over here (laughs) yeah like being single is not a bad thing and so it's just like you damning me you're gonna be single that's not the same as damning me to hell or you know what I mean like damning me to other things damning me to singleness is like uh being single is only as sucky as you make it honestly (laughs) so I'm just tired of this goofy shit I'm just really tired of people like acting like single people are beneath them and using this as a a fail safe to win an argument you know it's, it's basically in my mind the equivalent of saying well that's why you ugly because right. you can't win an argument <laughs> right exactly which is basic so very very <laughs> and that's just i can't i can't but it's specifically used not only to single women but to professional black women yes. and these black women could be married but their first defense and i'm sure you're a doctor so you probably got way more experience on this than i do but like the more educated you get and the more professional you are the more people are like mm. they try to humble you and i'm like they try you i don't fuck with that at all just like we saw in the news with the sister this week and the councilman that refused to address her the way that she said she wanted to be addressed right Ooh. my name is doctor and he continued to miss and my thing is you address me the way that I introduce myself to you right if I told you if I told you that I'm E that means you can call me E if I specifically say that my name is Dr. Dawkins then that's how you need to address me some respect on my degree (laughs) I felt that same way about um Dr. Biden, like, I'm very big on, yes. like, like, I call him Uncle Joe. I used to call Obama <laughs> OBZ. You know what I mean? Like, I gave them nicknames, but don't play 
with Jill, okay? okay? She is a doctor. That is who she is. Like, they did a whole article about this. Like, some some angry old white man was like, well, now that she's a president's wife, we have to call her first lady. I was like, oh, nope, that's, that's not how professional designations work. <laughs> right. First lady, Dr. Jill that. Biden is her that's name. Right. That's right. Or even calling in to question her degree. They were like, well, she isn't a medical doctor. Well, she oh, doesn't have, right? Right? Yeah. Like, it just you're these people are showing their stupidity because like that is not how doctors work like if if you only know doctors to be medical doctors that's on you <laughs> like that's just not how that works at all exactly at all. so it's like yes you you clearly don't got the sense to know that that is not how getting a doctorate degree works but you know what it's it's on brand here we but are the fact right that they just try to humble women it's just trash yeah it's trash. <laughs> All right, guys, now it's time to get into our main segment. I am so excited about this episode. I've been saying this for weeks. I've really, really, really been dying to do this one. Um, and every time I talked to Dr. Erica, I told her how excited I was about this. Like, I really, this is like, this is definitely going to be like a little bit more of a serious topic. Um, and I really wanted to do it right. So I was just so happy uh, to be connected with Dr. Erica. She went to my alma mater, HU. Um, I was so happy, happy to find her. Uh, and I just wanted to have a really real and raw conversation about self-image and how that impacts our dating lives. Because like, I know I personally have struggled with this and, you know, I'll kind of share, you know, some of my own stories throughout the segment, but like I said, this needed to be talked about. It's not going to be an easy topic because this just requires some self-reflection. You know what I mean? But let's just get into it. So first things first, Dr. Erica, tell us about what you do. That I think that we, we should start from the beginning. Tell us what you do. <laughs> sure. So uh, full-time by day, I'm a school psychologist at a local charter school. So I do psychoed evals and um supervise interns in, within a school setting. Uh, mm -hmm. By night, I also uh, treat uh, folks and families who have been impacted by gun violence in the city that mm -hmm. I work in. Uh, and so I supervise therapists that provide those services. And then by late night, <laughs> I have a private practice where I support individuals and couples around developing healthy interpersonal and intrapersonal relationships. Uh, nice. So everything from relationships and the way they feel about their bodies to the relationships that they have with partners and families um, mm -hmm. and kind of how to bring what their needs are um, in connection with the people that they love. Now, when I first presented this topic, like, how did you connect with it? Take us through your journey. Sure. So when you kind of posted about having someone talk a little bit, I think one of the biggest pieces was around kind of that body image piece. And so for me, personally, uh, body image and self-esteem and self-image and self-worth is something that I have as a central part of the work that I do, especially with women uh, and some of my male clients as well. And that is because I have been on my own more self-image and value uh, journey most of my life. I really didn't have trouble with self-esteem. I was able to think highly about who I was. And that's because mm. of the way that my parents spoke into me, but my self-image and my self-value is something that I have worked on um, for quite some time and feel like I'm now kind of coming into this real understanding about how much I'm worth and how mm. I want to show up and show out in the world. I love it. I love it. Um, 
what do you think has been some of the biggest challenges? Well, take us through your journey itself. So like, you know, I've seen your Instagram page, but you've had your own like weight loss journey and everything. Like take us through your journey itself. And then like, can you talk about like some of the challenges from everything that you're doing? For sure. So um, my mom will tell anybody who will listen that I was born a big baby, 10 pounds, eight ounces. She loves oh to shout that, shout that from the rooftops. Um, so I lived my whole life as a big kid, you know, showing up in um, spaces boldly. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there, that was never the part of myself that my parents highlighted or the people mm-hmm. around me highlighted or are really focused on. They focused on the fact that I was good in school, that mm-hmm. I was kind and, you know, really created. And they really, really shored up those parts of myself that allowed me to feel good about who I was mm-hmm. um, and how I showed up. And so I was always you know, kind of really outgoing in school, never really had trouble until I started, you know, trying to feel out little boys and, oh, God. you know, trying to figure out how I wanted to date and, you know, get to know folks. And I think because I was bigger, I oftentimes filled out a little earlier. Mm. Um, so there were folks that I feel like would notice me, but did not want to be seen with me because I was heavier. Mm. Um, or I would get the attention of older men uh, and not really understand that that attention wasn't appropriate. Wasn't appropriate. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And so that is how I feel like my self-image developed and got warped, you know, kind of having folks my age mm-hmm. approach me maybe for sex or to touch, you know, parts of me that they were trying to discover, right? But mm-hmm. not want to date or not necessarily want to be associated with me, you know, for people to know, um, or to have much older men approaching me and kind of say, like, what do I do with that? Um, and so I remember being in high school and getting ready to graduate and my mom kind of finding out that I was dating older people. And she was like, what is up with this? You know, like, what was older? Okay. So, uh, let's see. I would have been 17 and would have been dating someone in their late twenties. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yep. Mom had a right to be upset. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, I think it was, again, a lack of understanding, you know, me thinking Mm. I'm mature, right? They see me as mature. Um, And my mom really having to one kind of break down that that is not appropriate. Yeah. But two, also being able to say like, you are worth so much more than this person is trying to, you know, kind of give to you or say that you are. Um, and it was really the first conversation that we had around dating and sex and, mm. you know, kind of relationships and even like my body where it had developed. Okay. Um, probably then when I went off to college, I hit one of my highest uh, weights. I was over 300 pounds. Now, mm. because I had been big my entire life, gaining weight, I never really noticed it. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, an extra 10 pounds, meh. Um, and by the time I graduated and prepared to go to grad school, I hit my absolute hi- highest recorded weight of 435 pounds. Oh my gosh. And the things that I realized then were I wasn't as active as I had been, but you know, again, the issue was I grew up a tomboy. So I was always moving around, mm-hmm. lifting weights, all these different things. Um, 
and again, learned how to appreciate my body for what it could do. And so I never saw myself as, you know, kind of like ridiculously having people who are still attracted to me, even though yeah. they were making sexual advances. So I didn't equate that with being at a place where, um, where I guess, you know, that, that it was, it was bad. It was um, a negative thing, right? It wasn't a negative thing, right? Right. Um, it didn't become a negative thing for me until I realized that I had not been able to outrun or outwork out health issues that members of my family had died from. So mm. I had a grandmother that died from diabetes after having to have a leg amputated oh my and gosh. both of my parents are diabetic and I'm seeing their medical complications. And when the doctor said to me, you are diabetic. I said, wait, 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 <laughs> that's impossible. Like I work out, you know, I try to eat right. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, she's like, you have to get some of this weight off. Mm -hmm. Um, and it became one of those things like, okay, I want my numbers to change, not necessarily on the scale. Yeah. I have learned to not just love, but really learned how to finesse the way that I'm shaped. I love okay. my curves. I love the way that my body shows up and moves, right? But it was like, I want to live in this body for as long as possible. Yes. Yeah. So I've got to do some things different. Okay. Yeah. What was that different? Like, what was it that, you know, you you changed um like obviously getting like a diagnosis honestly for I think unfortunately for a lot of um black people that is usually a game changer for them um because it happened to a friend of mine and it was just like it has happened to family like unfortunately something has to happen for you to feel like for you to realize like okay you know maybe I need to reevaluate some things you know what I mean but like at that point, what were some of the things that you, what were you doing before? And then what did you change once you kind of got that diagnosis? For or sure. what did you improve upon? Not necessarily change, but. Sure. So I was confronted with and came like face to face with the fact that I was an emotional eater. When stuff happened in my life, I didn't think like, oh, I wonder what I should do. I thought like, oh, I wonder if I could get like a cheeseburger. <laughs> Girl, I'm feeling triggered. This is, <laughs> this like, is me. <laughs> I wonder if Rita's is open and I could like get a gallon of water ice or what? Like, so when I realized that my pattern was to respond to things by getting something to eat, mm -hmm. I realized that I had to replace those things because it really allowed me to say, you're not really eating the way that you think you are, right? I may have my my salmon and my steamed broccoli for lunch. And then by the time that the day is over, I'm in the Taco Bell line and <sighs> I look up and my bill is $15. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. And so that was one of the biggest things that I had to change was how I reacted and responded to stressors in my life because I was going through grad school or I was in my postdoc. Um, and so life was stressful. I was um, say school is stressful as fuck. <laughs> 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 so I realized it's like that has to change because the stress isn't going to change mm -hmm. that's not an area of my life that I can cut out right now so I need to make some adjustments in other places um and that allowed me to then really maximize the impact of the workouts that I was already doing um okay. so I got a trainer uh, and that's actually something that I did in grad school I took okay. my balling out of control wish I hadn't done federal loan yeah. <laughs> disbursement. Yup, girl. <laughs> <laughs> put that towards a trainer. Um, At least you used it for something good. I was buying purses, so. Okay, right, I wish I had had a purse. <laughs> so yes, I put that towards a trainer. 
Um, I started eating smaller portions, trying to eat out less and kind of saying, I'm not going to reward myself with food, but I'm going to reward myself with makeup or clothes or a trip. Um, and really kind of trying to change the way that I associated food in my life, which being from the South, we ate around everything. Somebody died, you ate. Somebody got married, you ate. Somebody had a birthday. Some you came over on Sunday and you were able to, you know, make it through the sermon without falling asleep. You ate like yeah. everything was associated with food. So I had to change that. Um, and that was probably the biggest thing. So over the course of probably from 2009 to probably from like 2009 to let's say maybe like 2011, I lost maybe like 50 pounds. Okay. Um, and then was then got into a situation where my family started to have some difficulty. And from 2011 to maybe 2013, I put it back on. Um, And I then contemplated for the first time having weight loss surgery Mm -hmm. uh, and went to a doctor here in the area. And they were like, oh no, you would never, you know, I was looking at the sleeve. They said, oh no, you would never lose the amount of weight you need to lose. Right. Like you would need a full bypass. You could never do it on your own. And so, you know, I was like, you know what? I'll show you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) And I walked out and for the next five years, um, I lost, uh, over the next five years, I lost about a hundred pounds on my own by changing my diet and exercising regularly and really learning what I like to do. I don't like to be in the gym on the treadmill. I like Mm -hmm. to be outside. I don't like to necessarily be on the elliptical. I like to dance. And then I like to look weight. I like to see how strong I am. Yeah. Yeah. So you never got, got the surgery. So oh, okay. <laughs> then even after losing a hundred pounds, um, what, again, my biggest concern was the numbers. So okay. going, talking to the doctor and saying like, what are my numbers look like? And they said, no, you're still diabetic. And thinking like, well, golly, like I've lost a hundred pounds, you know. What more what, do you want? Right. What else? What else do I need <laughs> That's to do? meme. <laughs> Um, and then I hit a stall. And so for mm-hmm. about two years, I didn't lose any more weight. Mm-hmm. And so I revisited the idea of surgery. Uh, okay. I had people in my life who had had surgery. And while they had lost a lot of weight, again, that wasn't my aim. I started doing my research again to say, like, what are some of the benefits of surgery? And one of the biggest benefits, especially to a bypass, is that you can come off all of medication, the way that your body then processes the food that you eat um, is very different. And so there's a malabsorption that happens that oftentimes works in favor for folks, especially if they have like a medical family history of things like diabetes or hypertension. And so I reconsidered it. And about a year ago, January, I did decide to have surgery. And so since the surgery, I've only, I've I haven't lost as much since the surgery that I lost Mm -hmm. before. I've lost an additional 55 pounds, um, but (laughs) all my numbers are great, you know, and that's what I'm most concerned about. I love it. I love it. And I love that this is like, your emphasis was non-scale victories. Like we call them non-scales. Like for, so like, as far as like, as you're going through this journey and like, you know, your weight's going up and down, like, did that impact your dating life? Did you have a consistent partner at the time? Were you dating at all? Like, what was that situation like? Sure. So here's the thing. While I was constantly like people in, in college will that went to college with me will tell you, I always had a little boo, a little thing on the side, right? Like <laughs> never was without. <laughs> 
But what I noticed is the quality of the person that I dated changed over the time that I started to not just value myself, but see myself mm. differently. Um, mm. So I think about the relationships that I had in high school, again, with mm. folks that were approaching me in a way that was inappropriate. That continued until maybe my sophomore year. Um, mm. It was always a, a guy that was older, always a guy that felt like they could manipulate who I was because they expected mm. me to have low self-esteem. Yeah. They expected me to give it up. They expected me to, you know, put up with the different- Like what you can get is a lot of, is this like concept that some men have for bigger women. Like this is, this is what you can get. So you should take it and take any old treatment. And exactly. it's just like, no, <laughs> exactly. absolutely not. Like trash. No, we're not taking that. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And while I did not know how to communicate that, mm-hmm. um, that that wasn't the case, it probably to them appeared to be the case. Right. Yeah. Um, And a lot of what it was, was it's like, oh, well, you're not really treating me right. Well, I'll keep you around for my needs. And then I'll also be be taking care of other needs that I have that you're not filling. Right, Um, right. I did not really learn to find my voice to say, you're not filling those needs and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to put up with it until much later. Yeah. So Uh that was, that was a lot of kind of what that, that process was like, kind of me saying, and then, like I mentioned, learning about my image and where mm-hmm. I was in terms of having like a lower self-image and self-value. Um, but my value grew the more I started to kind of like test and put like demands on some of these ideas that people would say. So when I started standing up for myself and saying, no, the fact that you stood me up or the fact that you think you can call me at 12 o'clock at night and think I'm going to answer, that's mm-hmm. not happening. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and so that helped me to increase my self-value a lot. I love this. You have just, this is a perfect start. <laughs> like you hit on so many things and we're going to break this down. Like I have categorized these topics. So, you know, we're going to break all these things down, but you hit on so many things that we're going to get into. So um, for me personally, like I definitely struggle um, in dating because of like self-image and stuff. Like I really preach self-esteem and I agree with you. Like my self-esteem is pretty high, but it's like, I feel like so often, like the men that I was dealing with in the past or allowed to have access to me, it was a direct reflection about how I felt about my image. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And how mm-hmm. I felt about how I was being perceived. Mm-hmm. Um, like I felt like I couldn't do better or that I didn't deserve better, which I was just alluding to. And so it was like, well, okay, you know, I like, I didn't feel like I deserved the best. So I was allowing less than treatment. So, you know, I just wanted to talk about some of the like outer things, because a lot of the outer things and a lot of, you know, the issues that we have with self image and self, you know, and um, body image and stuff, really, that comes from the inside. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and we'll get into some of those factors. But I think we, we already kind of ripped the mandate off on this weight is one of the major things um, and a major struggle for people. So I know for me personally, I'll just be candid, like, you know, I gained weight during the pandemic. So I had a trainer in 2019. I was kicking ass, girl. Like, yeah. you know, he's telling me shit. <laughs> so, like, and I still would kind of eat what I wanted. You know what I mean? But like, I was just looking, living my best life in 2019 and then like I just had my own personal struggles in 2020 with work and just with a bunch of stuff that I was dealing with and then the pandemic happened and so I say this all the time we have to give people grace for the pandemic because like 
at the top of the pandemic, I'm sure you remember this, but people were like, if you don't leave this pandemic with a new hustle and, you know, in great shape and this and that, and with your self-care routine, then you ain't really pandemic and right. And I'm like, y'all are really underestimating like how difficult this is. (laughs) Like, it just was so emotionally taxing and it's emotionally it was emotionally taxing for people who didn't have any external issues you know what I mean but for me I was already dealing with a very very difficult situation before the panty started and so when it started when you talked about emotional eating almost child that was me that was definitely me I'm like oh bad day at work let's go it's I'm like I'm not like a big like fast fooder. I I got bougie taste buds. <laughs> I hear you. I was ordering from I was ordering from all the places, and that's the thing. I don't have a problem like working out, but you know, at that time the gym was closed because I was in the gym right before the pandemic started. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But the gym closed, so for several months it was just like I was. I was sad before the pandemic, but I was utilizing the gym. Then the pandemic started and I'm like, I don't have the gym. Shit is stressful in my life. So I'm just eating and chilling. You know what I mean? And just, you know, I just did. I just put packed on the pounds and by my birthday in September, I was like, dang. I got to get my shit together. Like, I really got to get my shit together. I just looked at a picture of myself and I was just like, I was just more so disappointed because of what I had accomplished the year before. before yeah <laughs> and so I'm just like shit my trainer is gonna kick my ass when he sees these pictures like I just I just undid everything so I totally relate to what you're talking about I was definitely an emotional eater and so after that point like I was dealing with my situation and I you know I decided I was like you know what I'm gonna give myself some grace because I was dealing with some hardship before the pandemic started okay. and so when I packed on that weight and one of my favorite podcasters the read you know what I mean <laughs> and Crystal talks about this all the time and she's just like your body is keeping you alive right. <laughs> you know what I mean it's, that's right. it's keeping you alive right now and, and sometimes that's that's just it that's it that's sometimes it. that's just it you know and so it's like I'm not gonna I'm and so I say about November December is when I started like getting by November I had already lost like maybe 10 pounds of what I had gained you know what I mean like of the I I gained about 30 pounds so I lost about 10 pounds of what I had gained already um just because I wasn't like (laughs) my my situation had changed and you know like my stressor had changed and so I wasn't in that situation anymore um and so I finally got a chance to breathe and I finally Mm -hmm. just got a chance to like okay I packed on the weight it is what it is I'm gonna take my it took my time to eat and gain it and I'm gonna take my time to lose it um but I also started my podcast in November and so it's like as I'm talking about dating and relationships it's like well you know I was dating still and I was still talking to guys but for me it was an internal struggle because like I'm not that hot girl summer that I was in 2019 you know what I mean so as I like was entering it's already hard entering the dating world when you're um in a pandemic but then it's like (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. Like, I just, I felt, I felt a lot more insecure at this point. And it's like, I shouldn't have to tell people my story for them to give me grace about the pounds that I packed on during a pandemic. You know what I mean? And it really shouldn't fucking matter. Like, I just, I had to get over myself because like, (laughs) and I'll just tell this quick, quick, like a few months ago, like there was a guy that wasn't interested in me and I was like, oh, it's got to be this COVID way. And I was telling my friend, like, my action, just basically telling her what I had been doing to, like, make sure I was losing the weight or whatever. And she was like, but what if he found you attractive, but he just was, like, not interested? Mm-hmm. And 
was flabbergasted. I was like, what do you mean? Not interested. <laughs> like, I just, I just assumed that it was because of, I was projecting. Because <laughs> that's your focus, right? Exactly. Your focus on this week. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That was my focus. And I, was, I just assumed like, it ain't no. <laughs> and so it's also... <laughs> it's really funny because it's just like I really just had a reality check because it's also like it shows you like how highly I do think of myself that I'm like it ain't no way in hell can't be nothing else (laughs) never never that (laughs) and she just really and she was like she wasn't rude about it she was just like but what if it wasn't that what if he found you attractive but he just was not interested and I'm just like what if he realized he wasn't ready for someone like you and and honestly a lot of times that's the case (laughs) a lot of times people know like men meet me and they know that I'm lit and they know that I'm cute you know what I mean so it's just like it was just so funny because I feel like that was my like first real reality check when it was regarding this yeah because I just I just that was what I was focused on and I was like it's it's it's, that's the only reason he's not interested that was that is where my mind went you know what I mean And and she just said it so matter of factly and I was like wow people can like not like me like and it not be related to my weight or it not be related to these these self-image issues I have in my brain, you right. know? Exactly. Or they it's not even that they don't like you, but they recognize that there may not be compatibility there because yeah. of other things. Um, yeah. It's so interesting that you say that because based on where your self-value or your self-image in addition to your self-esteem is, that's going to be kind of where your mind goes when insecurity hits. Um, So I think about even dating right now and whether or not folks choose to move forward in conversation with me right now, my thought is not whether or not I'm too big. Yeah. Right. Cause I'm like, you see the pictures. Yeah. So you know what I look like. So you choose not to move forward. There has to be other things right now. I'm very self-conscious about my time. Mm. So the time that I have to commit to dating. So that's oftentimes my thought is that if someone chooses not to move forward, they think that I'm too busy, yeah. um, that I've given the impression that I do three much and would not have time for them. And that's a, yeah. a realistic, you know, concern to have. And I can yeah. respect that they may have that. And yeah. that is kind of where my mind goes in the thought because of kind of how I've built up the way that I feel and show up. What I tell folks, show up unapologetically fat, you know, unapologetically yeah. black and fat in my life. Um, so it can't be those things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's just like, that was just at the forefront. And if that's at the forefront, that's what you're going to, you know what I mean? Like you're going to assume, and we don't, not that we need it, but we don't have that feedback from the other people saying, oh no, I think you're hot, but you know, I just got a relationship last week. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like we don't have that context. And so we make it up ourselves. And a lot of times it's probably not the truth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're missing a huge chunks. Yeah. And even if it is the truth, then that means, okay, fuck you. You know what I mean? Like, it's not for you. <laughs> yeah. Like somebody, and that's my thing. And that's really what I wanted. One of the main takeaways to be is like, somebody's going to want you regardless. Like, you know, and, and my weight has teetered over the years. And I noticed how different men treat me, how some friends treat me differently. Like, I mean, all my friends and my friends group are basically meatheads, you know? Mm-hmm. And so when my weight fluctuates, I'm like, dang, am I the duff? You know what I mean? Except 
my self-esteem, I ain't never been ugly. So I'm just like, okay, you know what I mean? Like, am I just a fat friend in the group? You know, like it is always like a self-conscious thing for, it has always, always been a self-conscious thing for me. But for like, I think unapologetic is a great word to use because I'm just like, I don't show up my spaces like this. People love me because I am lit. You know what I mean? Like, it just is what it is. And there is just, people are going to want you regardless like and that is just so important and it seems like such a simple statement but it's like I think that and let's just get right into it um when I talk about like challenges for keeping a positive self-image I think one of the biggest ones is social media sure um and something that I tell people and this is not even related to weight or anything like that but something I tell people it's just be mindful of what you're following Mm -hmm. like if you're following all women who have BBLs you know what I mean yeah you it it probably is going to permeate you at some point that you think that you need that and like I'm here for it if that's what people want to do but if you didn't have an issue with this before and now all of a sudden you're following all these girls who got BBLs now you think that that's something that you need to do you know what I mean so like follow follow accounts and follow images that you know are uplifting right like exactly things that are not negative like I just have to tell like a lot of people there's this Instagram because I'm a wedding planner so I tell a lot of women about um I think the ad is curvy brown brides and I'm like big girls is getting married every day (laughs) like and so it's like when you see the you know even when you see the bigger planner or um, wedding inspiration pages is always this girl with this perfect coke body shape and I'm just like well we all don't look like that even people who are smaller some girls just have you know straight and narrow shapes some girls are apple shaped you know and so it's like but when you see these crafted images on these pages it always looks like the same body type and everybody doesn't have that and so it's like I think social media is really really well you give me your take on this but I'm hot and cold with it. Like, yeah. do you feel like social media is like doing more harm than good or like? I think you- it really is all depend on how we use it, right? So yeah. I think that is the adage where, you know, people say Oreo cookies are harmful. Well, yeah. Oreo cookies themselves aren't harmful, right? The yeah. sizes too. I happen to like to eat two rolls of Oreo cookies. That's a little different, right? So at that point, it can be harmful, right? So if I use social media as a way to connect, get inspiration, get encouragement, be able to find different perspectives, but I'm not comparing myself or trying to attain status or, you know, look like and replicate things that I see that are snapshots of people's good things, their good filters, their good purchases, then it's a way to kind of use social media in a way that again, is healthy versus harmful. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, no, that's exactly what I was getting at. Because then when you think about it, if you're like, back to the BBL example, if you think, oh, all men want women, it starts to impact your dating life. And it starts mm-hmm. to impact the way you show up on dates. You right. know what I mean? And the clothes that you wear, you know? I mean, I definitely, like, I don't have any booty for a Black girl. So I definitely, like, wear jeans because I'm like, well, this is what a Black man want, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, at some point, they're going to figure out, I do not have ass, you know? <laughs> like but at one point that was definitely a thing for me I'm just like 
I'm, I'm, I'm not measuring up to what I think, you know, and, and I think that's another challenge is um, there is Eurocentric standards of beauty and then yes. there are black standards of beauty. Yes. And I think across the board, honestly, and, and I think women, we probably do, you know, kind of the most damage in terms of kind of putting out and saying like, this is what allowed me to get this type of man. Yeah. Um, or this is allowed, rather, this is allowed, this is what allowed me to get this type of partner. Um, yeah. You know, but really people are really looking for a level of confidence and self-assurance. Yeah. That yeah. is really what's attractive. Um, I think about when I was much younger, my breasts developed first. And so you could not tell me I could not have titties on display. Like it was <laughs> on deck, you damn near could see my areola most of the time. Oh my gosh. And it was just like, cause that was the thing. That's what I like to look at. I felt like other people should like to see them. Mm. I have gotten more compliments and, you know, kind of focus on how sexy I present dressing more modestly. I've learned how to accentuate the things that I have without giving them away. Yeah. Um, and I, I do that and wear the things that I like to wear with a certain level of confidence that I think yeah. comes across in a way that's more attractive than anything. Do you know who one of the sexiest women in my straight opinion is? <laughs> it is Jill Scott. Mm. Jill Scott. Mm -hmm. And in it... Mm -hmm. It was a rude awakening for me because, you know, for me, I had just like, you made a great point about, well, you have to look like this to get, you know, to get a man. And it's like, why? Literally she breathes sex. And I right. just like, I'm just always so marveled by her. Like, how does she do it? And sis be fully clothed. Fully. <laughs> Head wrapped, everything. She just she be like. fully clothed. Yes. And every day I'm like, I want the sex appeal like that Jill Scott has, like right. that girl. And I think it comes from a level of, again, not just being comfortable with yourself, but knowing yourself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think about the way that I emphasize things. Like, I know that's, you know, that's one thing. I know that my best assets are my ass and my chest and my hips. Um, and those are the things that I like to look at that mm. I like to make sure are like hugged and, you know, that I can see. Um, yeah. And then I also know that my second or the, the thing that I oftentimes get told a lot about is my voice. And okay. so the way that I use those things um, are and the comfortability that I have with those yeah. areas, I think, is what comes across when people see or approach me. Yeah. And not because they can have access to them, but that I know how to use them or that I am comfortable with the way that they show up. Yeah. Um, and that makes other people comfortable. That is so true. But getting to that point is just like, if it's something, it, accepting as is, is so hard for people, especially if you're, for me, when I'm actively working, towards you know we'll, we'll stay in the weight category for now but we're gonna move on in a second but like for me as I'm focused on like you know getting to I keep saying I want my pre-COVID weight accepting as is <laughs> is so hard but I think that people really don't value this enough and so that was another reason why I did the quote of the day is stop waiting for you to get to your certain weight you know what I mean stop waiting for stop waiting to get to a certain point in life um to do certain things because I definitely had to reconcile this because I'm just like 
should I wait until I'm like smaller to date again? Like I literally had that thought, you know what I mean? And I was just like, nah, fuck that. You know, <laughs> like accepting those things and not just, I'm so glad you said that, not just what I know other people like about me, but what do I like about me? Like one of my favorite male gurus, um, he is in the dating arena. His name is G.L. Lambert. He was like, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and want to fuck you right. right now. He said, I don't care what size you are. I don't care where you're trying to be, where you want to be, whatever. He said, you need to, you need to look at you and want to fuck you right now. <laughs> and that has stuck with me. I carry that with me every day. You know what I mean? He was basically like, how can you give off the energy that you are that bitch or that you are fuckable if you don't even look at you and want to fuck you? That's you right. know? And so for me, one of the hardest things was like getting to a place of like, I like these things about me. Not just because something that I don't want people to do is be like, well, well, dudes like the fact that I got an ass. Fuck what dudes like. <laughs> we don't care. Like we let me not say we don't care what they like but it doesn't matter it shouldn't be a variable in how I feel exactly exactly yeah so, one of the things that about getting comfortable I always equate it to like you know when folks say I wish I had a million dollars like are you managing the money you have right now will you know what to do with a million dollars when you so same with your body and the way that you can love on yourself and appreciate where you are currently. So, okay, let's say you can, you know, in a couple of months or, you know, a trip to the plastic surgeon, get this body that you want. Will you know what to do with it once you have it? If you haven't already figured out how to appreciate the one that you have, you haven't figured out how to work it, what it needs, how to love on it and care for it that won't change just because you now have it if you yes. never learned what to do with it yes 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 oh my gosh that's so true like for me like me and my friend like we had this like challenge I love a challenge so every day for a week we would text each other when we said something nice to ourselves in the mirror mm. <laughs> and and that's and it's 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 sad but it helped you know what I mean like I, I won't say it's sad but it was just like we both were having these issues we would joke about how we gained during the during the pandemic and you know how I would look back at old pictures like man I really thought that you know that I was so bad looking in this photo and now I'm here and I'm like well I really gotta be you know bad looking now like I was my own biggest hater for so long and I'm like why do we talk to ourselves in ways that we would not let people talk to us. Why do we say stuff like that? It, it's that, it's the, the, the thoughts that we have inside that like really, really like it permeates throughout and, and it impacts how we interact with other people. Back to my example earlier, me just assuming that the issues that the guy was having with me was because of weight, you know what I mean? So we literally would just check in and like, say something nice about yourself was was really the biggest thing for me um what else would you suggest people do in order to get like comfortable because that was the hardest thing for me I had to look at myself and say nice things <laughs> like I'm hard-headed so yeah I would definitely think about spending time with yourself so I love the fact that like you said you've got to get to a place where you want to be with you you want to fuck you you want to look at you and so one of the things I remember doing was standing in front of the mirror and looking at every part of myself mm -hmm. I remember getting up close looking in my eyes 
looking at my skin, mm. looking at kind of the way that my shoulders sagged or, you know, kind of the way that they perked up when I felt more confident, um, looking at my chest, like the way that my boobs either hang or, you know, the way that my areolas would change if it was cold or if I was <laughs> excited, right? Right. Um, and then I really took the time to learn and touch my body, right? So yeah. rather than just, you know, quickly putting on lotion out the shower just to make sure I was moisturized, I made that yes. of like my loving my body ritual. So I'm going to start out with the lotion and then I'm going to follow up with the oil Then I'm going to follow up with my gel, right? And I make part of like touching myself and my skin and familiarizing myself with the curves and dips of my body, a part of my self-care a part of you know kind of that learning myself for sure and nothing that you said had anything to do with food and working out <laughs> like that's just a piece of it that people just I'm so I always pat myself on the back when I bring a great guest <laughs> but that's exactly like what I wanted to talk about is like it is is not always like that stuff isn't important you know what I mean but a lot of times it's like what you mentioned was something so simple and I definitely have been doing that like one of um she sponsored an episode uh or a giveaway previously Unique Trune she sells these like body butters and this stuff and so she sent me some samples and it just my experience with my body and my shower time just improved significantly because now I like have this really nice exfoliant and then I do my butters and my oils like it is a game changer <laughs> but it's something so simple that you wouldn't immediately think about everybody just talks about affirmations and stuff like that and you know and I think affirmations have their value but it's certain things that you don't think about that that will have a positive impact on what you think about yourself so Agreed. And I think spending time thinking about those things that you can readily identify as things yeah. that you love and like about yourself so that you can promote them yeah. um, is really important. And then take it one thing at a time. So don't be out here trying to, you know, do affirmations around kind of your stomach and then also, you know, trying to, you know, figure out the best makeup routine so that you mm -hmm. feel like, you know, your eyes pop. Like if you want to focus on kind of one area at a time, you really just want to focus on loving it, yeah. loving it the way that it is yeah. um, and then figuring out how to enhance it. I agree a hundred percent. Now, um, this is not weight specific, um, but this is more like body image specific. Something that um, as I've gotten older, I have noticed, I don't personally struggle with this, but I have recognized this in other people is body dysmorphia. Like, have you ever had any experiences with that? People, basically people who like, don't see themselves the way they actually are. Like the type of person who's 110 pounds, but honestly truly thinks that they are overweight you know what I mean like have you had any experiences with that I have uh some uh clients primarily with uh history of eating disorder mm -hmm. uh, have some element of body dysmorphia uh, attached uh where they either have a fear of gaining weight or being heavier um or being at a different size or have historically been at that weight and have done you know, extreme, some, you know, some very extreme things to reduce the weight. And they just cannot make that mental adjustment um, to be able to see themselves in a completely different place. 
And it's just so hard because it's just like, I just be wanting to shake these people. Like, do you not know how great you look? If I was as tall as you, <laughs> I would just be tearing up the town. Or if I had my weight proportion in that manner, if I had that booty, like, it's just so frustrating when people with body dysmorphia. And like, and I know obviously this is definitely a mental thing, but it's just like, man, like, I think it just goes back to, you know, how we view ourselves and like something that's so hard, especially when talking about self-esteem and self-image is like, guys, it doesn't matter like how much me and Dr. Erica like say it, like you have to believe it. You know what I mean? And that's why I kind of like, I'm hot and cold with affirmations. Like you can say stuff in the mirror, you know what I mean? But do you believe it? It takes a while. Some, you know, and that's some of the adjustment that even comes with kind of those swift changes that can bring yeah. up body dysmorphia, right? It takes a while to adjust. And the thing that I can appreciate about affirmations is we tend to kind of have this idea of this self-fulfilling prophecy, right? If we mm. spoken over us that we're never going to amount to anything that yeah. dumb, we become, we get to a point where we believe that. And so the the opposite, if we swing the pendulum to the other side, should be able to be true if we speak positively over ourselves, that we are smart, that we yeah. are capable, that I am everything, you know, I am loved, I am appreciated, I am, you know, someone who is worthy of more than, you know, I'm currently receiving and all that the world has to offer me, we tend to then move in a way that is in alignment with that. Um, and I think, but it is, it is a practice. It is something that we have to kind of work at and we just fake it till we make it. We say it until it becomes yeah. for us. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I personally just be giving up on affirmations because <laughs> I like I'll do it for like three days and I'm just like I don't want to. I just don't do it anymore. <laughs> but you know, I do know that it works for people. So I mean, it's definitely something I want to start doing. The thing that I like about affirmations, though, is you you touched on this. It's basically the law of attraction. You're putting out there that this is what I what I deserve. You know what I mean? And so it's like you know, even if you're working towards feeling and truly honestly believing that um you're still putting that out in the atmosphere and that's what matters is that you're making an effort you know I wanted to um I'm such a nerd but <laughs> as I was like I actually was just reading I'm reading the four agreements right now mm -hmm. um and so there was an excerpt that I was reading and I was like oh I gotta talk about this in this show so I'm gonna read this really quickly um because this just like I feel like this really really encapsulates like what we've been talking about um but it says nobody abuses us more than we abuse ourselves it is the judge the victim and the belief system that make us do this um the way we judge ourselves is the worst judge that ever existed if we make a mistake in front of people we try to deny we try to cover it up but as soon as we're alone the judge becomes so strong the guilt is strong and we feel so stupid or so bad or so unworthy in your whole life, nobody has ever abused you more than you have abused yourself. And the limit of your self-abuse is exactly the limit that you will tolerate from someone else. If someone abuses you a little more than you abuse yourself, you will probably walk away from that person. But if someone abuses you a little less than you abuse yourself, you will probably stay in the relationship and tolerate it endlessly. If you abuse yourself very badly, you can even tolerate someone who humiliates you or treats you like dirt. 
Why? Because in your belief system, you say, I deserve it. This person is doing me a favor by being with me. I'm not, I'm not worthy of love and respect. I'm not good enough. We have the need to be accepted and to be loved by others, but we cannot accept and love ourselves. That was the quote. It's hard. It's hard, especially because I think, and one of the things that I talk a lot with my clients about is we find that we oftentimes judge others mm -hmm. um, and it really puts us in a position to then judge ourselves, yes. right? And so the way that we can be kinder to ourselves is to be kinder to others. Like, I love that you said, you know, you have to give yourself grace. So yes. if you had a friend that gained 30 pounds, you wouldn't be like, yo, like, what the fuck? <laughs> You, you would be much more gracious and encourage them to be kind to themselves. Um, and so we oftentimes judge ourselves harsh so that we don't give other people an opportunity to do that. Oh, that was good. <laughs> that was real good. <laughs> it's almost like a self drag before yeah. someone else can drag you. That's right. Oh, and if I drag myself the like through the mud, then you, you know, just kind of, you know, tripping me. That's not, that's not going to hurt as much as what I can do to myself. We obviously have a psychologist on the show because I am just feeling like <laughs> I need to do some self-reflection. <laughs> like, you know what? That is absolutely right. Because it's just like, I'm going to drag me so bad that honestly, it ain't shit you can say to me. That, honestly, I've said this before. It ain't nothing nobody can say to me that I don't already know or I haven't already thought myself. You know what I mean? So it's like, what what harm can you really do? Ugh. And we prepare ourselves it? for blows that may not even come. Yeah. Already, like people are so running around, focus on their stuff, you know, yeah. oh, shucks, I'm doing this. Somebody's going to see me. I'm going to be seen. And it's like, ain't nobody worried about you. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's uh, tackle some of the other things we, we spent. I mean, I think that, you know, weight is one of the more important ones, but I think that with the weight thing, a lot of it has to do with how we feel about things and less about the weight itself. Um, we really didn't talk about like scales and stuff like that, which was, was what I was getting at. It's really not about the actual workout regimen and that whole thing. It's about our thought process when it comes to life, you know? Um, some of the other things that I feel like impact us when we're dating, and, and this is something that people can't really control, but like, I'll just throw it out there, like facially, you know what I mean? Like, I personally think that everyone is relatively attractive, you know what I mean? Right. But like, what about people who they got banging shapes, you know what I mean? But it's like, you don't feel pretty. TLC has a song called Unpretty, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, what about those people who are just like... Like I know I have I know I have a socially acceptable body, but I don't feel like I am attractive in a way that's, you know, presentable for people in a, or in a way that's like acceptable. Like I think that it, this came up on another episode. Um I can't remember what number it was. Um but it was I know what it was about. It was I stay out of married people's business. It was about the TV show Married at First Sight. And this was a big thing because one of the couples that got married, the girl had an amazing shape and he said that she was not all of that. And yep. she keeps dealing with his shit. I'm so over them. Oh, you know who I'm talking about. Okay. I, no, I'm over them. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm so glad you knew who I was talking about. <laughs> I hate that. So what would you say to 
the page we'll just say page but people who like page you know page got a banging ass body but page just it's just not there what would you say to people who feel that way well like you said it's relative to him right and there may be other people like him that may have that feeling but my question to Paige would be how did you feel about your face before you ran into him how did you feel about the way that you showed up what messages have you had before where are you getting kind of this perspective or this feeling that your face is not acceptable Mm -hmm. um you know how do you want to show up what is it that you would like for people to see about you What do you think is important to put in front of people? I just feel like if Chris could figure out that what he really wanted and what he really wanted to attract, then Paige showing up the way that she wants to present um, would attract a person who's looking to attract that and be able to kind of look past some of those things. I was just having a conversation with a girlfriend of mine about this. There's a, a guy that she's interested in and her biggest thing is, I think he's short. And it's like, okay, let's, let's look at this, right? <laughs> you're, you're pretty short. <laughs> Put that out there. Right. But, okay. Is she shorter than him? So that, that the jury's still out on that. We don't really. Okay. Know. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, other you've on this hand, you've got, you know, a guy that is taller, but isn't really a man of faith which is something that's important to her um out here in these streets you don't really know that you can trust what is happening for him um and you you know don't really know that you can feel safe with him yeah you've got a man that isn't tall but loves god educated comforting you feel safe around them at that point how important does tall become to you Mm. And if, if tall is still important to you, okay, then do this, right? Um, so I feel like I would encourage, because again, it's not about creating yourself or getting yourself to the point where you are acceptable to someone else. It's about yeah. creating a space where you are acceptable to yourself. And so my question to Paige was, are, do you like your face? What would you like to, what would you like to change, if anything, about your face so that right. you're more acceptable to you? Right, you right. Know? she just she struggles she struggles <laughs> and it's just it's just really sad you know what I mean because it's like and I personally you know I, I'm, I always feel like I think that most people are relatively attractive and I think that Paige is relatively relatively attractive and I feel like any man would be happy to have Paige mm-hmm. like she the problem with Paige <laughs> we're not gonna get another long tangent but right <laughs> Paige I did a whole episode about this girl but she just it's like, I like, I love that question about like, how did you feel before the hand? You know what I mean? But it's like, I do think that Paige just did not, she was not happy. You can tell how Paige feels because she's letting Chris, who ain't even older, treat her like this. <laughs> it's just so frustrating though. Cause it's just like, at the end of the day, like you have to really love on yourself. And at the end of the day, you know what? We're going to have our insecurities and we're going to have the things. We're never going to be perfect and we're never going to, and we shouldn't strive to see ourselves as perfect beings. Right. However, we should still love these pieces. And at the end of the day, somebody's going to love Paige's dirty bath water. You know what I mean? Like they're going to love the ground that she walks on, but like Paige, 
doesn't believe that. And Paige, back to that quote, she she thinks that he's doing her a favor. Right. Oh, she child. of herself that way. And so my guess is that she has received feedback in the past about the way that she shows up. Maybe yeah. have, you know, fetishized her body or pushed the, her curves out above things like her personality or, you know, kind of how she shows up as a potential wife. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and I know we didn't necessarily go here, but this is always one thing that I have is like, you have to make sure that you're willing to play the sex game with men better than them. If you're going to engage in that. So the let's fact- get into it. I like this so- segue. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it's like, yo, Paige, did you have the heart to be fucking on the first night? I mean, I know y'all were married, but like, if you, if you got the impression that there wasn't something that something wasn't clicking why would you continue to have sex with him thinking that it would click probably because somewhere in your history it's where someone told you that someone said oh you know like if we just you know let's see if our connection grows if we had sex yeah yeah it's it's not happening yeah Um, no that's actually a great point and and I think that's related to what we're talking about because like a part of body image and a part of our self-image, sometimes we can uh, overdo it or like over-sexualize ourselves to compensate for how we feel, mm-hmm. you know? Sure. And that might be a thing that she's been doing. Like, okay, I'm going to just fuck the hell out of him. Then he's going to see right. ugly wear. You know what I mean? He ain't going to be thinking about my face when he get this. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like people weaponize their sex in a way that they should not to compensate for how they feel about themselves yeah I don't I don't doubt that especially because I'm sure she has gotten plenty comments about other attributes that she has yeah um, and that people haven't focused on the things that are super important to her and so neither has she yeah in my opinion you know I don't know her I was rooting for Paige at first, but you know, after a while, I was like, I can't do this. I, I can't, I can't do this. It's giving Stockholm. It just you can't I, pay for somebody that don't want to say themselves. Period. Know? Period. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about so let's talk about some more things like like I was gonna prepare for a date night, you know, the other day. My listeners voted on me to do this date challenge where I had to do two dates this okay. month. Um, I have secured one of them. Okay. <laughs> um, the other one. Um, I'm, I think I already talked about this on, on the prior episode. By the time we record this, by the time this episode drops, I'm going to have talked about this. Okay. On the prior episode. But yeah, we'll get into that with, later time. But as I'm getting dressed, you know what I mean? Like, I got my, my, my body image together. I'm like, okay, I look good. One of the things for me is like making sure my clothes look good. You don't have to have the fanciest clothes or nicest clothes. But one thing that I, at least for me, that's important is wearing things that feel good on my body yeah, you know for sure I'm not trying to squeeze into the stuff that be at these little you know um European stores or whatever right. like I'm just not gonna do it because it's like I don't feel good squeezing into things that say they're a size 11 but they're really made for they really size smaller because women like that you know what I mean so I just I I, I have learned to stop <laughs> having a relationship like that so I'm wearing things that I feel like okay this looks good this looks good for my shape 
that is one thing that I have done in recent years. Like, like I said, I'm very top heavy. I have big boobs, but like, I don't have a lot of butt. So I'm like, I have to wear things that like accentuate that. You know what I mean? So another thing now is the hair thing. Okay. Now for black women, and I see you got your head going girl. (laughs) So this whole... (laughs) We're about to get into European European standards of beauty. This whole natural hair versus not thing. Um, there was this whole trending thing on Twitter about, I told you Twitter just be crazy. <laughs> but there was this whole trending thing on Twitter about um, wearing braids and how braids are not seen as like sexy or appropriate. And this girl was like, this is what happens when parents only straighten your hair for important occasions, mm. you start to associate straight hair with certain upscale occasions like Christmas and holidays. Mm-hmm. And so when you grow older, this girl is dragging braids, like braids aren't all of that. And I'm like, what's wrong with that? But I know for me in dating, men do treat me differently because I'm natural. <laughs> like, it just is what it is. Like, it just, it's a struggle for me. It really is. Because Twitter is full of bombshells with straight hair and 42 inch body wave. I don't even know if that's an inch for a week. (laughs) You know, like a really long hair. And I'm just like, this is just yet another thing where it's like, I'm seeing this and I'm like, okay, is this what it takes? Is this what it takes for me to, you know, feel sexy and to feel good when presenting myself and when dating, you know? So for me, I had to reconcile like natural hair is sexy too, you know? Like, but that was a struggle for me because I'm just like, that's not what social media said. All them girls got bundles. I mean, I think it really depends. It depends on, I can't tell you the number of compliments and comments that I get from men about like the fact that they love that I don't wear weave, the fact that yeah. they love that I wear my natural hair. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, while they can tell that I do things like, you know, from time to time I put a lash on, yeah. um, that that's not something that I have to have. And I yeah. think that's the part that social media, that's the downfall of social media. You don't see women you know kind of with their hair when they're getting it rebraided underneath the bundles I don't think there's anything wrong with bundles and wigs. Me I know. got wigs <laughs> <laughs> there has to be some balance right yeah that, that's not your go-to like if I catch you coming out of the hair store with your hair wrapped up you're not gonna be shades on running to and from the car yeah right but that yeah okay with your hair being out um and that that's not something that you have to have to be able to show up and show out yeah, no, you you just hit on something really big because we, especially with social media, we feel the need to be on. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I have I have even been learning, like I know how to do my makeup, but I've even been learning like, y'all gonna get this lipstick and um, an eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs> you might get chapstick one day and you'll be happy with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but that is just, there have been things that I have had to reconcile, including my natural hair and just, 
showing up, you know, with my natural features. And like, I was on FaceTime with a guy last week and we were chit-chatting and he was like, yeah, you know, isn't it so funny how like, you know, people show up with their representative at the first couple of dates. I said, no, you getting me exactly who I am to the point where I didn't even put on makeup for this FaceTime. Now I can say the same thing a couple of years ago. If, a, if I knew a guy, I used to make guys schedule their face signs because one thing you're not gonna do is catch me slipping okay <laughs> especially when you meet a guy online you need to know that i am cute in real life but you know where i have gotten dr erica like and i don't know maybe this is my just me being me being arrogant but i've just gotten to the point where it's like at some point you're going to see this face that's right <sighs> You're going to see it at some point. At some point, you are going to see, we're going to be sleeping together. I'm going to wake up and my eyelashes on your pillow. <laughs> at some point, you're going to see this face. So why hide it in the beginning? You know what I mean? And if anything, now that you've seen me, no makeup, when I show up on that day, you're going to be like, oh. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, I think it really also speaks to what your goal is for dating. So if your yeah. goal right now is to be out here, you know, at the latest event with arm candy, trying to outdo each other, then yeah, you probably never want to see me without a beat, right? Yeah. It's hard for you to think about bringing me to some event where you want to one up whoever else is going to be at the same mm. But if you're thinking about me as a life partner, then you need to recognize that when we wake up, you're probably going to have drool on your chest. <laughs> I moan in my sleep. And oh my you know, you're going to need to know that, you know, I don't really have eyebrows this dark. And, you know, my yeah. life this long. And, you know, my skin is like blotchy, you know. And those are things that you need to see. And you need to see at the outset. And I'd be interested to know how you respond to that so that I know where things stand, right? Yeah that's going to say to me is you're not ready for how I come. Um, and I think especially as a professional woman, I am on oftentimes, right? Yes. I need to know that when I come home, if we're headed in that direction, that I can turn down, I can be off that I don't yes. have. To um, you're going to see me on. And so you recognize I can do it. And I need you to be a comfortable space where I don't have to. Yeah. Oh my God. It just feels so good. <clears throat> not having to be on for people like those are the people that I am just like th these are even like friends family like it just feels so good not having to be on and with a partner eventually like I said you're gonna I'm, I am learning to the, do the opposite now because like back to the hair thing a lot of girls talk about you know do you bring your bonnet and you're spending the night bag and I'm like yes I do if I'm spending the night that's right why wouldn't I? <laughs> That's right. Does he think I just wake up with this hair slick like this? And you I can't. can't I, I can't. I don't. I don't always wear a bonnet. So sometimes I wake up and my hair is matted to my head. Just because. <laughs> so it's like you gonna appreciate your honesty. <laughs> I don't wake up and my curls be popping. Sometimes my curls be matted, and then I get in the shower and then things change. So like yeah. you need to see that too. <laughs> that's so real that is so real but it's just like stuff like the hair and I didn't even put makeup on the list but I'm so glad we got to that point you're so right about like if I'm constantly on you can't be expecting that from me 24 7 you know what I mean and it's just like especially when we get into dating further where we're spending the night and stuff have you ever seen the movie uh Bridesmaids 
Oh yeah, where she's like like putting on the makeup before. Yeah, no. So they had sex. They were having sex, and then she sleeps over. And then this is the very beginning of the movie, so it's not a spoiler. She literally gets out of bed, sneaks out, and goes and like puts on lipstick, fluffs her hair, like tries to get super super pretty, gets back in bed, and then basically wakes him up so he can see. <laughs> The movie's hilarious if y'all have not seen it. Um, but basically, he wakes up and he's like, oh, you're so pretty in the morning. You know, and it's just like, no, 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 no. And, and, and she's so pretty, but it's just like, you you didn't have to. It's these, what I'm getting at is, it's these unrealistic ass expectations. <laughs> like, Instagram, I'm not saying Instagram is the devil, but I am saying that, <laughs> we we need to use Instagram for good you know I just I really relate to content and I need to be more mindful about following people you know take my own advice and follow people who are not always bombshell but that's even like recording the shows I stopped putting on full face because I'm like for what <laughs> y'all not cute <laughs> I don't got nothing to prove <laughs> I definitely feel like as a more recent, probably during COVID, I went through my, both my personal and my professional accounts and purged them. Mm. Anything that I got to their account and I said, and I found myself saying like, damn, if I had just had, if my stomach was just like a little flatter, I bet my ass would poke out like that. It was like, unfollow. <sighs> right. And I would yeah. just scroll through and say like, you know what, every time I come to your page, I feel bad about the fact that, you know, I started my day with French toast unfollow. <laughs> like I'm not about to be in a place where I don't feel good about myself or who I'm becoming mm -hmm. and I eventually may get there. But right now I need images that uphold the fact that who I am right now today, if I did not change at all is acceptable and valuable. And so I don't want to follow anybody who doesn't preach that. I am so here for this. I had talked about the the social media thing on um I think this was episode three the holidays one I know one of my personal triggers about my single life is seeing the hundredth picture of people in their matching jammies because I know that's what I want and so there are certain people in certain accounts where it's like I can't follow you right now because this is not conducive to my mental health mm -hmm. you know what I mean and that doesn't make me a hater I am happy you got your matching jammies I want that that's right but like you said, if I see that and it comes across, sometimes that just, it triggers me and it takes me into a space that makes me feel like I'm not good enough. You know what I mean? And even though I'm not, I'm not wrong for having those thoughts, but that's just how I, you know what I mean? Like it just triggers me, you know what I mean? And so it's like, I want to surround myself with images that are just like, it's okay. You're good. Life is great. Oh, I just don't want to see it at all. I just want to pretend the matching jammies ain't happening. You know what I mean? If I need to for, for you know, the two weeks in December or whatever, but it, it is true. Like the, social media is not bad if you craft it correctly. So I will follow hashtags specific to the things that I want to. So even if the people I follow are not posting that kind of content, then it's still going to come up in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And I just think that we need to be mindful of what we consume because this goes back to the TV. You know what I mean? Like be mindful of what you consume, period. And and, and it's so funny because when we talk about 
consumption, we're not even talking about food. We are talking about the things that are in your, you're consuming in your brain, you know, like the things, the images that are coming in, because that does have an impact on how you feel about yourself. So I'm no, I'm personally really sensitive to just in general, the stuff that I watch on TV. Like, I don't like horror films. Like, <laughs> I don't like any of that stuff because I'm just very, very mindful of my consumption. But I'm also that same way when it comes to social media. So I didn't want this to be a social media drag fest, but it's just more so be responsible, not be responsible, be proactive right. with how you social media, you know? Yeah. Yeah, if the if if something should feel inspirational and make you feel like you're capable, not that you are incompetent and you know that yeah. you are, you know, not worthy of that or that there's yeah. something wrong with you if you're not already there. That's usually my barometer. Yeah. Um, one more thing before we wrap up that I wanted to touch on is um something that gets talked about enough, but I just I don't know. I might do a full length episode about this later, but I want to talk about colorism and how that impacts you in dating. Say that. Because like I said, this episode wasn't going to be light. So, <laughs> you know, like it just, we talked about the natural hair thing. Men be, when my hair is straight, oh, hey, babe, my hair is curly. It's like grand rising queen. You know what I mean? Like we, we talk about all those different things, but like, I think that colorism is a thing too. And that like impacts us with our dating lives. Like and I was talking to a friend um, and that's really one of the reasons I put this down is because I was talking to a friend and she said, you know, like she has a homegirl that she's really close with that gets fetished a lot because she is mixed and she, you know, her, she looks a certain way you know what I mean mm -hmm. and so my friend she's a bigger girl she's a darker girl and she's just like you know that affects me she said and it's not even romantically she said friend male friends treat her differently almost describing like that the male friends expected her to do more emotional labor than her lighter fair-skinned friend and I was mind blown I was like is this the fucking like I don't know 1800s like basically, basically I feel like there are so many layers and levels you know um like we already touched on kind of the hair piece like we touched mm -hmm. on about the historical piece that you know obviously um someone who was mixed or you know was fair skinned got treated differently and so our black men were able to observe that um, and be able to see how that happens and knowing that if my offspring then were lighter, then they may be afforded that same opportunity. Also, you know, darker skinned women then being pushed and expected to do more and show up in ways that fair skinned women weren't. Yes. And so all of those things and those images and those ideals, I think, are things that, you know, follow us and are ingrained in and that unfortunately women and we as women perpetuate like mm. you know whether we say things about you know good hair whether we say things about you know um your light eyes that you know tend to happen when folks have mixed heritage mm -hmm. um or whether we characterize a like that's what i think why i was so triggered when you asked kevin samuels versus Derek jackson like neither of them right they're both oh. trash i just i love it because it's funny <laughs> Well, I will admit that I don't know enough about Kevin Samuels yet. I'm doing my, you know, due diligence as a, don't. 
scientist don't. practitioner, you know, so, you know, I, I don't ever want to speak on someone without really knowing, right? He but, is a nurse. I can say this without a degree. He is a narcissist. He's also a gimmick. <laughs> someone just, one of the guys I was talking to just asked me about him. He literally is disgusting. So, but I, I did see an episode, um, another, you know, kind of like podcast or someone who brought him on as a guest. And he had this conflict with a darker skinned female who was expressing herself mm -hmm. um, and talking about kind of the way that she was responding, so on and so forth. And another female on the show was lighter. She wasn't, you know, super light, but was lighter than the uh, female. And so the way that it came across, and I think the way that he was responding and talking about her responses, made it seem like the darker skin one was more aggressive, like that there was something problematic about her approach. And so I think that's also our rap that women get, you know, so I find that, you know, let's say the darker skin women find that they have to assert themselves differently to be able yeah. to be heard. And yeah. instead of, you know, presenting more docile, I'm presenting assertively, but you say aggressive, yeah. knowing that you are not going to engage with me the same way that you would someone who's fairer yeah, or someone who's flat out white. Yeah. Um, and so then that becomes more about you and your response to me being able to assert that my needs are equally as valid yeah. um, about me being aggressive. I hate, even when I am interacting with black women i don't care what color they are i i really try hard not to use i take aggressive out of my vocabulary because i just that word and even if it's being used fairly i just it is so triggering for me yeah. because it's just so unfair i just feel like darker women don't even have a chance like that you you can't say shit without it being like you're, you're so angry you're so you know what i mean and it's just like god damn and then I do hate how it's perpetuated. And I feel like lighter women or fair women or mixed women, they are afforded feminine femininity in a way that very obviously black women, monoracial black women, you know, women, black women who don't pass, darker women, we're not afforded that. You know what I mean? When we open our mouths, it's all right, here we go, sassy black girl. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it, I personally, love the word sassy and I embrace it fully but I have um what do we call it I've repurposed sassy so I yep. don't take that negatively however I do know that most people not half the time they do mean it in a negative way you know what I mean but it's just like I just feel like we are not afforded that same um grace that same we're not given the same daintiness right you know what I mean um I'm gonna bring someone on in season two to talk about femininity for black mm -hmm. women Mm -hmm. um because there's you've probably seen this there's this big <laughs> movement Huge push yeah which I got my issues with but we're gonna talk about that on another show because I'm like for some of it I'm here for for some of it I feel like y'all like gaslighting like it's so mm -hmm. it, it's got its pros and cons but one thing I am gathering from that femininity movement is like I deserve what the white girl deserves I deserve what the mixed girl deserves so like this is very small but like letting men hold the door open for me and when when someone like asks to carry my stuff or sometimes I'll just ask like you know hey can you can you hold this for me or you know what I mean like I have been learning to let myself be more feminine yeah. because it's like 
I feel like sometimes it is us too. It's just like, I, I have always had to do it by myself. You know what I mean? And I'm used to the certain stereotypes. I'm just like, no, I got it. I'm good. I can carry this one little bag, you know? No, I'm not, I, I have, that is one thing that I've been doing is I've been like, no. Cause I feel like it's not that I need that. It's not that I need a man to carry my bag or hold my door, but I need you to know that this is something that you should be doing for me. Just like you're doing for the white girls or for the Asian girls or for the women that are seen as more docile and dainty even though they might not be the spiciest women i know are asian like and it's like y'all just be getting these stereotypes all wrong <laughs> all wrong but i digress i just that is something that i personally have been doing because i'm just like i want to be rewarded with that same femininity that everybody else is getting you know what i mean and and a part of that is me letting myself do so that's right. I'm recognizing that you deserve it. And what it says, you know, not that we're talking about this at all, but it conditions kind of the people that you interact with to recognize that that is something that is okay to do for you. You know, yes. I feel like, especially when you have presented strong in so many areas or had yes. to be, not necessarily because of the color, you know, but yeah. because of your life circumstances, yeah. right? have presented in a way that says, I don't need this. Um, but now what you're saying by being open to it and allowing for folks to do it is that I want it. And all that does is reinforce for the people around you that it's something yeah. that they should and could, and that's welcome yeah. um, for them to do. Yeah. But that, that definitely is a thing now, that whole colorism piece. And it's just like this shit, I really don't want to do a full episode about it, but we might need to bring you back. But it's just, it just, it it really does. A, a lot of the stuff that I see, like specifically, like again, Twitter, like it, it is. And it just, it really hurt my heart hearing my friend talk about, you know, the way that people were not even romantically, were just treating her differently and expecting her to do more emotional labor. Why do we have to do simply because of the color of her skin? And, and it's, it's other black people it's black men you know it's black men doing this like what the fuck like why you know i'm not gonna tangent but black men know what we deal with as far as racism goes yes but i feel like their limit is when it comes to black women specifically oh yeah and i ask this often i was like do you as black men understand what we have to deal with as black women we are a double minority and i don't think y'all understand that you know what i mean not that they, they don't understand it i, I honestly i they can't appreciate i don't think they care but they can't you know. appreciate it yeah yeah i just i just don't think and it's like if y'all really understood and like realized how deep this was you would be way more mindful in how you treat black women specifically darker skinned black women like posting pictures of naomi campbell and gabrielle union that's not doing the work you know what i mean mm -hmm. saying well i dated a dark-skinned girl in the 12th grade that's not doing the work you know what i mean like it's so much deeper than that and just the way back to the kevin samuels thing and just the interactions assuming that black women especially darker black women are aggressive just for speaking right just for opening their mouths so then when it gets to dating it's like ugh. we yeah. might have to do another episode <laughs> I, I would encourage people uh dr sarah webb speaks a lot on colorism she's mm -hmm. someone that i actually grew up with that i really respect and she's a dark proud unapologetically black yes. black woman um, really talks about the impact and the effects 
of colorism in our community and in the larger spaces, especially mm -hmm. academia, which is, you know, kind of where yeah. she primarily does her work. So I think it's, I think it's worth talking about, especially yeah. because it is woven into so many aspects of dating, but our lives that we don't yeah. even realize yeah. or acknowledge. And pop culture. Mm -hmm. I will never forget Lil Wayne said, beautiful black woman, I bet that bitch look better red. And everybody's like, well, it's a double entendre because he's a blood or whatever. I said, no, he meant it, it's a double entendre because a double entendre means both things. <laughs> so he meant what he said with the colorist line, but he also meant the, you know, gang reference. So right. it's just like in pop culture, when you're hearing this, I think this, this is going to go back to the BBL thing and social media. If you're following a bunch of women, oh my God, I will never forget this. I was on, um this like I forget I was online like some forum and this girl was like my boyfriend follows a bunch of light fair-skinned Latinas and I am a dark-skinned natural hair black woman mm -hmm. and she was shook and I'm just like damn I didn't even know what to say because it's like yeah he's dating you but it's like if that's what he's following constantly, you know what I mean? Like, I would feel some type of way too. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess because you don't know. You don't know if it's like that. Is that like a fetish? Yeah. Um, you know, or is that what you really are interested in? Yeah. And I'm, am I just here? You know what I mean? But as, ugh, that, that was just, I was like, girl, I don't even know what to tell you. But because it's like, you can't say break up with him because what he follows on social media. Right. But then it's just like, has this ever come out in any sort of ways in your relationship? Has he ever made any comments? You know, but I feel like as far as what we follow, I do make sure that, you know, just my feed is like full of representation. Yeah. Um, And that's why I am so anti. I am, anybody who knows me knows how I feel about uh, Black women representation in the media. Mm -hmm. um, Netflix has a big problem with colorism, specifically with roles where they have a Black male. And then the love interest is always a biracial girl. Yeah. Um, and, and a woman who's obviously like light biracial, you know what I mean? Um, movies, Queen and Slim was not the love story people think it is. Yeah. I don't understand. <laughs> white people were like it was so good I was like y'all let us ride or die bullshit somehow we can find a dark-skinned black woman for this but we can't find a dark-skinned black woman for all the other love interests right right where they're not expected like you said to do more to do labor go up and be more right yeah yeah that is just a big thing for me because for that is for the colorism piece is not just social media it is everything everywhere yeah <sighs> work and fam even families Ooh, you sure. know it, and it's unfortunate and it it is more us than anything else right it is it is that's a hard one that that's a hard one it it is it, it's, it's a us. really hard one yeah well I wanted to, I always like to wrap up with some takeaways. Um, like, you know, we talked about a lot of like some of the 
things that can happen that can damage our um, self-image or just make us, or some things that like people tend to struggle with commonly. Like we talked about affirmations and mirror work and social media. What are some other things that people can do? Or maybe you could just dig in a little bit more to them. But like, um, what are some other things that people can do to kind of like start that process? Or maybe they're already in the process of doing this self-work. Um, and people always tell single people to work on yourselves. So like, but what are some things that people could be doing um, basically to work on themselves as far as improving their self-image and their self-esteem? So Definitely really taking a good, nice look. I'm not even going to say hard look, a good, nice look at yourself, really mm -hmm. taking your, all of the beauty that you have, that you possess in. So taking a nice look at yourself, definitely spending time with yourself and getting to know yourself in unique ways. You know, I think oftentimes when we are um, dating that we are so focused on spending time with the other person. Uh, but I find times when I am actively dating, even like I am now, there are days that are untouchable. Folks know yeah. that my Sundays are my self-care Sundays. Those are the days yeah. that I get together. Yes, that means I only have one other day for us to get together. So that means you better make plans. Period. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I think also being able to find things that we like about ourselves and accentuate them. So I love the fact that you recognize that there are things that you love about yourself and you focus on those. Um, so being able to kind of focus on those things that we love and appreciate about ourselves. And then the things that we have a harder time appreciating, really think about like what those things do for us. So, you know, you may not have the modern, you know, or expectation of the black girl, but, but that butt still helps. That butt be working. I'm sitting on it right now. <laughs> that butt is working. And so being able to recognize like those areas that you want to, that you feel really vulnerable about. Yeah. Able to think about ways that you can really appreciate the work that your body is putting in or, you know, that these elements of yourself are putting in because they deserve that level of respect. And if you want to improve them, then take let's take those steps to improve them, kind of figure out what um, you want to do, but appreciate them first. Mm -hmm. uh, before you dive into doing those things, I think are the biggest things. Um, and then maybe the last thing that I would say is I really try to take time to kind of write to myself. So not just affirmations, but talking to myself about how I feel, how I desire to feel, um, and where I desire to be. And that sometimes getting that out of my head um, and onto paper really allows me to kind of map out ways that I might do that. Uh, and so if there are areas of my life that I feel like I'd like to improve, seeing it on paper allows me to then develop a plan um, that's a little more than kind of just hoping. Yeah. Hoping and keeping it inside. I agree. I absolutely agree. I also think like surrounding yourself with people who champion this type of stuff <laughs> like matters um and it's not just about people on the internet it's also about people in person you know what I mean like I'm very mindful about how people around me talk about things you know like it, it's almost like how do your white friends talk about black people when you're not around you know what I mean like I want to be mindful of the things that people say about people who are dark-skinned about women with natural hair about all those topics that we hit on you know what I mean like right. I don't have no squares in my circle <laughs> and I think that it's important that we have people around us that 
appreciate those things in that manner because it can right. impact you if you got that one friend that's like i only date women with straight hair you know what i mean and it's just like okay <laughs> um and then i also talked about like um i'm gonna say fashion but not like fashion fashion but just like the way that you dress yourself and stuff like that like i think that that matters too because it makes you feel confident you know what i mean you can have on um joggers but that might be the nicest joggers and they'll make you feel good and those accentuate your curves or those it just makes you look the way you want to like that was a big thing for me it's just like wearing shit that fits <laughs> that was yeah. a big thing for me. <laughs> yeah he said things that make you feel great yeah yeah, there have been a couple of clients that I do these inside out sessions. And so there are things on the inside that we haven't yet resolved. And so mm -hmm. let's start with the outside. Yeah. And kind of like we do with the affirmations. Let's show up the way that you'd like to show up until yes. you feel like the what is presented on the outside. Yes, yes. And this is a typical doctor question. Um, what are resources that you recommend <laughs> for anybody listening to this? And they're just like, I want to take this to the next level, or, you know, I want to surround myself with this kinds of thoughts. What are some resources you would recommend? Sure. Um, so I think that there are a number of kind of folks around um, who speak about kind of showing up authentically. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, one author that comes to mind is, of course, Brene Brown. Um, she's not a Black woman, um, but uh, I think also uh, one of the, oh, and I'm going to have to, I'm just going to say, let me look up. Um, the woman right now who's speaking a lot about boundaries, she's a psychologist. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. that really helps us um, to have a better sense of who we are. Yeah. And that's an uh, important place to show up. Because uh, to your point earlier, you knew that you know, you didn't like certain things you were dealing with, but you, like you're saying, you just didn't have the words to assert that at the time. And that could be a struggle too for people. Exactly. So Set Boundaries, uh, Find Peace uh, is a book that's been getting a lot of buzz and it's one that um, I look forward to reading myself, but I find that um, part of it is really being able to kind of set and establish boundaries while you are developing yourself. Mm. Um, you know, I think another um, great resource is there are kind of these affirmation cards um, that, and I actually have them here, I'll grab them, that I think can be really helpful um created by uh Teresha Clark uh and one of the things that I like to do with my clients is I like to do uh card pulls uh and so not only will there be some activation that I'll give them like working on body image um or working on grief if that's our area but I'll also mm -hmm. give them something that they can speak over themselves um as part of their practice okay mm -hmm. And so those are definitely a couple of things that I would suggest a couple of resources around um, developing kind of this image, um, better body image. Awesome, awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Erica. We'll go ahead and wrap this segment. All right, guys, now it's time for the dating tip of the week. As you know, we have a guest host, so it's the guest choice. Dr. Erica, what is our dating tip of the week? 
So the dating tip of the week is don't make false claims. So when you are dating, you want to be as upfront as possible, trying not to bring that representative, but trying to bring really who you are authentically. So don't make false claims about your body size or shape. We're not trying to be out here catfishing folks. And don't make false claims about what you're willing to do. Right. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we say, oh, yeah, no, I'd totally be down with getting down on the first date. If you're not, don't say it. Yeah, I'd totally be down getting you know, together for coffee instead of dinner. If you wouldn't, don't say it. Right. So really assert what you want and what you desire. Don't make false claims. Oh, that was a word. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> well, guys, that is your dating tip for the week. All right, guys, now it's time for Down in the DMs. This is a segment where you guys ask me for advice, um, send me letters, questions, DM me, email. If you want to send me an advice letter, please email listen to your single friend at gmail.com and put down in the DMs in the subject. So we have a letter from a young lady, Dr. Erica. Can you give me a fake name? <laughs> Let's see, Brittany. Brittany. All right. It says, Dear Jasmine, so I have a problem. Does this guy been dating on and off for about four months um, during the Rona? So our actual dates haven't been too much. Usually it's been us cooking at our places, watching movies, or doing outdoor stuff like hiking or biking. So now with stuff opening up, we actually decided to go on a real date. So here's the problem. He can't dress. <laughs> I tried to chop it up to the Fanini since we just went to a bar, but the next day out, I told him I wanted to go to a really nice restaurant and he pulled up with shorts, a t-shirt and Sperry's and I'm in full stilettos and a little black dress. I've seen his closet and he's got some options. I don't think he knows how to put them together. How do I bring this up without hurting his feelings? Because I really do like him. Need help ASAP. Thank you for your letter, Brittany. We'll let Dr. Erica tackle that first. <laughs> I usually encourage folks when they have something that they notice about someone else that they'd like to help them or change to really use themselves as an example uh, and be able to say, you know, sometimes I find this to be comfortable and sometimes I think this is really dressed up. But when I really want to dress up, I do like this. Um, or being able to say, I really enjoy putting outfits together for folks. I love doing it with my mom, my friends. Would you mind if I do that for you? Right. Mm. Um, so as opposed to kind of saying you can't dress, say, this is something that I love to do. Would you allow me to do this with you? Uh, and then it's an opportunity to be able to do that and be able to have this person encourage that you like to do something for them. Cause I think that's what she's saying is that I would like for him to look a certain way and to be able to kind of present when we're out in public. And I would want to do that for them. Um, mm -hmm. so that might be one way that I would broach it. Uh, before, you know, kind of diving into, I need you to dress better. <laughs> Honestly, that's great advice. Um, because we have a doctor on the show, I am not going to give advice during this segment because uh, someone, you know, I just, it doesn't feel right. <laughs> I feel like that was awesome advice. So Brittany, you got it from a doctor straight up. Like, take that advice, honey. Okay. I personally, um, I would do something cute where it would be like, um, 
oh, let's do a date where we dress each other, babe. Like, and so I say, you pick out what you want me to wear and I'll pick out what I want you to wear. Like, I do something cute like that, you know, but like, you know, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's a couple ways to skin a cat. So I would do something cute like that, but that don't account for the rest of the times. You can't do that for every date. So take Dr. Erica's advice. <laughs> Thanks, Brittany, for your letter. All right, guys, now it is time for trivia. So uh, Dr. Erica, you don't answer this trivia question, okay? <laughs> this is gonna get answered on next week's episode. All right. Trivia for this week is... Blank percent of women admitted to sending a nude photo. Is it A, 71%, B, 59%, C, 47%, or D, 36%? You'll have to find out on next episode. All right, guys, that's going to wrap this episode. I am so happy about this. Like, I said this at least three times already, but I was dying to do this episode. I am so happy I found Dr. Erica. I feel like she was just a great addition. Like, she could become, like, our doctor on hand for <laughs> next season. <laughs> I've not asked her that, so don't don't, don't be emailing her, hitting her up. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I am so happy that you came on the show. Like, I just feel like this, this conversation was so important and I couldn't just bring any old body on the show like and I feel like you just add such value to this conversation with your own journey talking about what you do for your professional work this has been awesome thank you thank you for having me <laughs> drop all your links how can we my listeners get in touch with you follow you support you like tell us how to reach you Sure. So pretty much on almost everything, I am Revolutionary Perspectives with an S. So on Instagram, Facebook, on TikTok, I'm Dr. Erica at Revo Perspect. Um, I am on Twitter, but not as active at <laughs> Revo Perspect. Um, but yeah, uh, my website, www.revolutionaryperspectives.com. Uh, and I actually have um, a free ebook that I usually give to folks who subscribe uh, that is about shifting. Uh, and so what do we need to kind of shift from where we are to where we want to be? And so feel free to hit me up on any of those platforms. Woo, an ebook. I'm excited about this. I'm about to go download it. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Dr. Erica, for just all the great value you added to this episode and taking the time to help me, you know, mull through what I felt like was a very serious but important conversation, especially as it relates to being single um, and dating. So thank you guys for listening to this episode. Y'all, the season almost over. I'm excited. I know that y'all or not but i am so ready <laughs> uh i will keep y'all updated by the time this comes out it's still going to be april so i'll keep y'all updated i plan on meeting my dating challenge so even though y'all voted on me to go to two dates this month and i was irritated about it i have done one of the two so next episode episode 24 i'll keep y'all updated about that but yeah thank you guys for listening please share the show um review it subscribe rate and just continue to support it thank you so much guys i'll talk to you next time hey.